Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales, her real life Mr. Segment, serial data, and serial system. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo woo. Heather McDonald. Juicy Scoop. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. It's me. Let's get into it. Let's go. Well, yesterday was an exciting day for many of us that have followed this case, which is the Epstein case. And of course, Ghislaine, 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 I don't really freaking care. Lots of people pronounce it wrong, and I don't care if I do too, because she's an asshole. She's an awful person. And she, of course, got, um, was the accomplice to Jeffrey Epstein, and she has been sentenced to 20 years. She is 60 now. Um, I don't know if there's anything where she might be up for a parole before this 20 years are up. But um, she did make a statement. So she has um, – and her apology was to you, to you, all the victims who came in court and those outside, I'm sorry for the pain that you experienced, Maxwell said. I hope my conviction and harsh incarceration brings you closure. Um, then, uh, but before her punishment was delivered, Maxwell acknowledged that her friendship with the sick financer who killed himself behind bars, maybe, maybe not in August of 2019, while awaiting trial, while he was awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges will forever and permanently stay in here. I believe that Jeffrey Epstein was a manipulative, cunning and controlling man who lived a profoundly compartmentalized life. And fooled all those in his orbit, she said. So she's putting the blame on him. It is the greatest regret of my life that I ever met Jeffrey Epstein, Maxwell said, adding Epstein should have been here before all of you. Very interesting. Um, Her victims say her apology doesn't cut it as she is sentenced to 20 years. And she also broke into tears um, the victim has broken into tears saying they, they lived a dungeon of sexual hell. And um, so hopefully her sentence will send a message, prosecutors say, to to be an whether it's accomplice. She's not an accomplice. I mean, the fact is the main um, person who really brought this forward, the uh, Virginia Guffrey, who is the one who has the photo with uh, – Prince, what's his name? Who was the prince that she was with? Andrew. Prince Andrew. Of course, he said he never saw her. He didn't remember her. She is the one that introduced Virginia to Epstein and then also said, do for Prince Andrew what you do for Epstein. So it was really her testimony that really got this going. Of course, there's so much information on it, so many documentaries. I've talked about it. I don't have every fact at the top of my head, just that um, I feel very good that justice has been served. I feel good that she has been sentenced. Um, some people in comments were like, why was this not televised when Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were? And it was that this is a federal case. And I guess in federal cases, they don't want it or they don't allow it to be te- televised. So, um, 
I thought that was was interesting versus a Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, you know, personal defamation case that could be televised. So I really don't know what constitutes what's televised or not, but I thought that was interesting. Um, of course, the next sentence is, when is she going to off herself? Like, everyone's like, what's going to happen? Where are the names? Now, I th- I find the whole thing interesting. Now, if we're talking about the different theories of did Ep- Epstein, in fact, kill himself, as you will recall, he was awaiting trial. He was in his cell. The two um, people who were supposed to be watching him because he had already had, like, some suicide attempt happened to both fall asleep that night. And he hung himself with an enormous amount of bedding that he had in there, which I thought was weird because I always thought that was like the bummer of being in prison is that you're very limited to like sheets and, and pillows. But he had enough to hang himself. Um, what what were they told to act asleep? Did they fall asleep on purpose? Did they were they paid to not check on him? Or did someone go in there and really kill him? Or was they was he just left alone enough to actually do it, which was also a mistake because they were supposed to be watching him every hour? And did that happen because had he not died, he would have given all these names of the other powerful men that we know that he was in contact with, who went to the island with him, who were his investors, who, you know, possibly he blackmailed with video of them with these women or, you know, and so that's how he grew his wealth. Who are these people? Are we ever going to know the names? So, of course, Epstein's gone. We never know. Then she comes forward and we're like, is she going to spill it? Is she going to um, say, hey, here's, please, I give me a better deal, prosecutors. I'm going to give you evidence of this powerful por- person, this powerful person, and let me off easier. Well, that never happened. Well, now that she's been sentenced, we'll, what, what would, why, I guess the other thought would be, wait, now she's got nothing to lose. So why wouldn't she tell? Why wouldn't she tell on all these other people? Um, could she tell? Could she write a book? Could she have an interview where somebody comes in and interviews her and she tells? Um, is her life safe because she has this knowledge? Or does she not have any knowledge or evidence towards some other people? I don't know. Um, just very interesting. So that happened yesterday. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of lots going on in the sex trafficking world today. Also, R. Kelly. That was an also amazing documentary about just the, oh my God, it was almost like he had a, like a sex cult. You may recall there were these two girls that were his main people, even after he's been arrested, that stood by him. Uh, One is Joy Savage. Her parents have been trying to get her away from him. She's still standing by him. He is being sentenced today. Um, It could be decades. Um, we're waiting. And then there's a chart. He's in Brooklyn, but there's another charge in Chicago. We're waiting on to hear what he will get. So anyway, as I heard that this news was coming down today, we don't. He just got sentenced to 30 years. He just got sentenced. That's how breaking news we are, you guys, even though you're getting this the day after I record it. He did just get sentenced to 30 years. Wow. This is really good news. 30 years, does it say what prison he would be in or anything? Or we don't know yet. No, it just updated a minute ago. So it just updated a minute ago. He got 30 years. Um, if you are not familiar with the R. Kelly, Robert Kelly saga, I mean, there are some really great documentaries on it that were fascinating that came out a couple years ago. And I suggest you 
you know, brush up. That's really the best. But it was he would take these young girls um, that would, thought they were singers. Sometimes the parents w- believed it, just like the on Tuesday show when I talked about how people play on your emotions as a parent. Your child is so talented. Here's this great opportunity. Maybe you were a singer or performer in your day and, you know, you didn't pursue it. Now your child who is your child, so you believe they're super talented. You didn't you don't know that R. Kelly's a sexual predator. And you were like, sure, but God, go to the studio, work with them. That is how he would get his victims, especially the ones that were, you know, underage. Okay. Is and so people some people criticize the parents and all this. I never did because I understood how it'd be like, we don't know the business, of course. I'm not getting into every case. I'm sure you guys will comment how you disagree with me. But anyway, um, so I bought this Portia Williams book, Portia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I was at the bookstore a while ago because I remembered that she had a story about R. Kelly. And in all the interviews and stuff that she did, she didn't really get into it because she probably wanted you to read, read the book, buy and read the book. So... When this came down, I'm like, oh, my God, I have the book in my library of housewives written books. OK, I've got them all. And we found the portion. And let me tell you what happened to Portia Williams. I will summarize it for you. She is 25 years old at the time, not married. And she goes to a lounge at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. And she's having a good time with her girlfriends. She's always been pretty, of course. And this guy, Linny who's security for R. Kelly, comes up to her and is like, ooh, you look like you should be a star. Um, What do you do? Are you on television? Nothing. And she goes, no, I'm not in television or anything. Well, what you look like you could sing or something. And she's like, I never thought I could sing, but my mother always said I could sing. And when someone asks you to sing, you're just supposed to sing. So he's like, let me hear you. So then she just... She says in the book, so I stood there flat-footed. I'm like, flat-footed? Weren't you wearing heels? You were in a lounge in Las Vegas. And I sang, and we looked up the song. as a Whitney Houston song I'd never heard of. Of course, if somebody asked me to sing, I would sing um, one of my favorite songs because it's the role from Annie. Okay, And trigger warning, I'm going to sing a little bit if I was asked to sing. Maybe in a house all hidden by a hill. That's the song where she doesn't know where her parents are. Then when she gets excited, when she's about to be adopted by a straight white single male in his 50s who has a lot of money. Isn't that weird? The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Anyway, getting back to Portia. I did think of that about Annie the other day, though. I was like, that is really weird. Like, uh, Daddy Warbucks, and she had to call him Daddy. Creepy. Daddy Warbucks didn't have a wife. He didn't even have a cute husband. He was just a single rich man living in a fabulous house. In New York, much like single, white, straight Jeffrey Epstein, who never got married. Do you imagine if they let Jeffrey Epstein adopt a little orphan Annie? Going back to R. Kelly. Okay, so she's sitting there. She sings her song. He's like, you are amazing. I don't know how he could have heard, heard her if she's in a lounge in Las Vegas. I'd assume other music was playing. But you can't blame a girl for being like, this is my break. Like I said on Tuesday, when the guy approached me and said, I think you could be a model. I was like, finally, somebody gets it. 
okay? And then, of course, it was a modeling agency for people that don't look like models. Maybe this was a singing thing for people that don't sing. But she's like, great. She goes to the studio. They, she lives in Atlanta. They fly her to Chicago. She goes to R. Kelly's studio. According to the book, she never does sing for R. Kelly, does she? She does. Oh, she sings a little bit for R. Kelly. She stays, they hang out in the recording studio for about 45 minutes. And then he has to go somewhere. So she's hanging out there for a while. Then one of his people come and go, oh, come with me, Portia. And he drops her off in R. Kelly's bedroom, where she's just waiting there by herself in the bedroom. He comes in. He's like, hey, baby, I'm sorry. And he's talking to her like they've been in a relationship for a really long time. And he's, you know, you're you're pretty. You're who I want. I want a girl like you. You know, do you think this could work for you? And she's really swept up in, in, in it. And then he goes, can you take off your clothes? So she does. She says she doesn't look the way she looks now. She was much you know, thinner and like didn't have the hips and the boobs that she has now, but he seemed to like that. Then he said, how old, how old are you? And she says, I'm 20. And before she can say 25, he goes, stop right there. Let's just say you're young. That was creepy. They have sex and she's like, wow, this isn't me in her head. This isn't me. This is how my mom was taught, taught me to be, but this is exciting. And he's acting really into me. He's acting really sweet. And maybe I'm going to be a big star. So after that, He's like, got to go. You good? And he leaves. And she's like, okay. She goes back to Atlanta. He calls her a few more times. She comes back. She says a couple times she would come back to Chicago. A beautiful car would pick her up. A security guy would take her to the house. The next time she's there, she sees other girls that are there. So she knows she's not the only one. And this one girl's like, hi, how long have you been here? You know, how did you get here? And she's but she's like, oh, I'm in this room over here by myself. And they're in this room by there by themselves. Then one night they're like, okay, it takes her another time. And she's like by herself for like a couple days, hungry. Finally, she's like, hello, can I come down? She didn't feel like, even though there wasn't a lock on the door, she feel like she couldn't walk, roam the house by herself. She felt like she couldn't like just go down and get some food. But she would like occasionally pick up the phone in the room and be like, I'm hungry. Can I get something to eat? And then be like, yeah. Also, hey, it's hot. Do you want to jump in the pool? No, I'm fine. Okay, go back. And she's like waiting in this room for like two days for R. Kelly to come, who they all call Robert. When you're in a relationship with him, you call him Robert. And wait for him to come. And she's like, what am I doing? But she did tell like one girlfriend where she was. And there's a full mirrored room with the TV in it. And she's just like, oh my God, I don't even know how many days I've been sitting here staring at myself. She goes, I think I want to go home. And they say, no, wait. Tonight's a big night, and Robert would like to take you to a party. Come with minimal makeup, get cute, and we'll pick you up and take you to the party. They pick her up, and they take her to the party, but the party's just downstairs. And all the other girls are there, like 25 girls. And people are like, oh, how long have you been here? How do you know him and stuff? And then he comes down, and they only are playing his music. They would only play his songs. He comes down, and everybody cheers. (laughs) Sound familiar? The Bachelor. I looked it up, and this would have been 2006. So The Bachelor was running, and I almost feel like he created – he must have been watching the show and was like, why don't we do a party like that and have the girls all meet their competition? And I come out, and I spend a little bit of time with each one. He goes to Portia. He's like, hey, baby, kisses her on the lips. She's like, oh, I didn't see him kiss anybody else on the lips. Maybe he's really into me. I mean, just like The Bachelor. She eventually goes up to her room, and that's when she hears a woman – being physically assaulted outside her door. 
And it's really horrific and terrible. And she's like, I am out of here. And she calls the security and she's like, if you don't get me out of here, I'm calling the police right now. She calls her friend. The friend helps her find a flight. The guy's like, okay, like this one's not going to play along. Let's just get rid of her. He puts her in a car. She's gone. R. Kelly calls her a number of times over the next months. Leave. She lets him leave voice messages. Finally, she's like, I'm done with you, R. Kelly. Years later, she does go to detectives when they're investigating him and shares her story. And she's like, if my story can help, you know. Um, so anyway, that was uh, that was pretty, you know, pretty interesting. Um, we know that they the girls were not all underage, but it was definitely uh, he was definitely a sex trafficker. He was definitely keeping girls you know, very in a culty way. I remember they had to ask for food. They had to ask to go to the bathroom. Some of them had to go to the bathroom in those rooms, like in a bucket. Uh, it was absolutely horrible. Um, and of course, this one girl is still saying we're in love and I'm sticking by him. And it just, it just it's a great day that he got 30 years. That's for sure. Okay. Moving on. Oh, speaking of which, Seeking Sister Wives. That's on TLC. I watched that last night. That was very much like this weird thing when reading Portia's book about how these girls are all aware that they're not the only ones and it's okay. Well, in Seeking Sister Wives, this show is where these couples are looking to find another wife, either a second or a third or, um, yes, they're looking for either a second or a third wife. I don't think anyone has more than that many wives. And in it, the girls really want this other wife because... They're just like, this is what we have to do. I'm going to help him find this wife. And in this one case, there's this guy. He's like a poor man's magician. He's so gross. And his girl is like – and she had joined – he and his wife that was the mother of his kids. That woman left. Now she's raising these kids that are not hers. And she's trying to find him another wife. He finds this beautiful girl from the Philippines. And now he has to go to the Philippines. They have to spend all their money to send him to the Philippines to pursue her. It is so weird how these other women are just like, well, you know, she's such a catch for our family and she could get anybody. So I want to make sure that he nails it down. And he's like, yeah, I mean, she's like so gorgeous. I can't believe she's into me. Meanwhile, the the original girl is sitting there like, yeah, second wife is prettier. It is so bizarre it is so weird and then or the wife just has no friends and she was like well i was hoping that this girl would be more into like watching movies and braiding my hair and then and then in one group they all do sleep in the same bed together so i think that's they don't say it's sexual but that's pretty sexual anyway it's all so freaking bizarre not as bizarre as machine gun kelly now listen i like machine gun kelly's music i really do he had a show last night i guess at madison square garden on the Big Tron, they showed Pete Davidson wishing him good luck because, you know, they're all friends. He's been wearing pink a lot. He has a Hulu doc out. And after his show, he after his after party, he took his champagne glass and he smashed it against his own face. And then blood was running down his face like Lisa Rinna style, like when she... Don't you talk about the husband with the – he basically did that to himself. I don't know what sparked it. I don't know if someone pissed him off or, you know, he's just a crazy, thirsty person. But then he just, like, dabbed the blood and continued singing his, like, Bloody Valentine song. I have not, not watched the Hulu doc. I mean, oh, God, I 
do I need to go through another self-indulgent doc? I, I don't know if I have the time. But in it, I guess he talks about how he snapped and he put a loaded shotgun to, into his mouth during a call with Megan Fox like a year or something ago. My God. I mean, if I was David, I mean, if I was David Austin Green, is that his name? That's Brian. <laughs> if I was Brian Austin Green, who is her former husband and father of her three kids, I I would, if, maybe he's happy with the custody agreement. Maybe he doesn't care. But if he wasn't, I would think this would be some pretty powerful stuff to be like, hey, Megan, come see the kids whenever you want. I don't want this guy who smashes glasses, you know, into his face at a party, threatens to kill himself with a gun. I don't I don't want guns around the house. I don't know. I don't know their situation. But Brian Austin Green seems pretty normal. He's with his dancing partner from Dancing with the Stars, who he, I don't know if they're married or not, but she's expecting their baby. And, oh, I don't know. And then Megan Fox, now she's blonde and looking exactly like Kim Kardashian. I mean, everybody looks the same, okay? But Megan Fox was really beautiful, especially after she got her nose done. I mean, she was pretty to start, but then you like to see the change. She got her nose done. She lost the weight, some weight, and then she got a chiseled, perfect, gorgeous face. Now she's getting the lips. Now she has the blonde hair. She's really thin. I think she got a new boob job. She's wearing pink because that's like his theme. I don't know why. Oh, I guess his name. Oh, the name of the show is Life in Pink. I guess that's why we have to wear pink. Anyway, kind of weird. I'm really sick of them. I don't know when they're going to get married, but... They shouldn't. They need to milk this out because the minute they get married, we stop caring about you. You guys know I travel a lot, usually to get on a plane to see you to do a show. And I have a very hard time deciding what to bring. And I'm going to admit it. I'm an overpacker. That's okay because this holiday season, Away offers a range of suitcases, bags, and other travel essentials made for different types of travelers. From the overpackers, that's me, to the minimalists, to the travel expert, to everyone in between. With its versatile collection of suitcases, bags, and travel accessories, Away offers the perfect holiday gifts for every traveler. I just got the medium size. That is the perfect size. And it's not too big. It still lets me overpack and come home and be like, mm, I didn't wear those things. I don't care. Because every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help me pack even more and hidden and removable laundry bag that separates my dirty laundry. But what I really love is the four 360 spinner wheels, guaranteeing the smoothest roll even through the most hectic of airports and stations. It really makes the whole experience less exhausting having this great bag. Also, there's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes. So take the product on the road, live with it, travel with it, get lost with it for 100 days. If you decide it's not the bag for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. Okay, no ifs, ands, or buts. This holiday season, gift away at awaytravel.com slash juicy. That's awaytravel.com slash juicy. Um, but also, we were seeing these photos of... Um, them filming this Barbie movie with uh, Ryan Gosling. And uh, this is from E! News. And what's her name? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Ryan Gosling, I think, is a little old to be Ken. I'm sorry. He looks great. He's cute. I just thought it was a weird choice. He's 41 in real life. 
She's only 31, which I was kind of shocked. So I guess she was really young when she did Wolf of Wall Street. I Both are great, you know, fun actors. I don't know what the storyline is about them playing Barbies, but um, they're wearing the same hot pink that that Machine Gun Kelly and um, Megan Fox are wearing. I don't know what this would be about. I could be kind of like, it could be sort of funny though. I think it could, could be funny. Like somehow they're Barbies and they like wish to be real. And all of a sudden now they're living in the real life. This is what I'm guessing. And then they're like, they're going to Venice and they're like, well, Venice isn't, you know, we're like, this is kind of gross. Where are my, where's my little beach house? And I don't know, you know, like, I mean, it could be, it could be kind of fun or it could be like a Saturday Life sketch that went on way too long. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we get it. What would life be if you were just a Barbie living in a Barbie world and then you have to actually go out in the real world and like make some money and, you know, I don't know. And then, you know, the whole thing about the original Barbie is like when they realized that her um, body was like not the right proportions. Remember that when everyone was freaking out? They're like, you know, if Barbie was a real person, her waist would be 17 inches and da da da. Which, by the way, people do have that nowadays. So, you know, anyone can make their body anything. But now we have, you know, a much greater variety of Barbies. I know from my extensive Barbie shopping that I did. So <laughs> it might be fun to see those other Barbies come to life too. And if they address any of that, like, you know, I don't know that they will, though. Like, now it has to be, like, very politically correct. Who knows what this movie would be, but there's just been so many photos of them filming out. Speaking of a blonde Barbie, Kim Kardashian, also now blonde because um, her best friend took her look. She's being sued. I talked about last week that Haley Baldwin is being sued for the name of Road, which is her skin care. And now Kim is being sued for her skin, S-K-K-N, trademark. There is a woman in Brooklyn who is an esthetician who has some – who has also been – who trademarked skin, that same – skin plus is what she'd call it, um, a few years ago. And she said, I reached out to them when I heard this was coming and they're like, ignored her. And Kim's attorneys – are saying, wait a minute, you're trying to take over a global brand. You were like this little esthetician in Brooklyn, okay? And then once you heard that she was coming out, Kim, then you got a website, then you actually got a brick-and-mortar place to sell your products. It's still so small. Um, anyway, so her attorneys are saying it's a shakedown. I just find it interesting because she also went out and said, oh, my God, this was all Kanye's idea. Kanye thought of the name. Kanye thought of the packaging. Kanye thought of the spelling. So I'm like, are you putting on Kanye because you knew this was coming? I don't know. Um, Or, you know, sometimes an attorney would say, this girl saw this as a a grab. Like, let me make it look like my, my thing is a bigger deal. But she did have the trademark. And then the hopes that Kim would do like, hey, I think you're amazing. Also, she's she's black and she's a female owner. So it does, doesn't look great that Kim would. But hopefully, I'm surprised Kim hasn't done this. But this is what I predict. Kim will say, oh, my gosh, you're such an amazing entrepreneur. Just like I suggested that uh, Haley Baldwin should do with The Road. And approach this woman 
and not only give her like give her a gift so that she can build her own esthetician studio in Brooklyn, but change the name. And like, I want to meet you. I want to help you. I'm going to post about your amazing facials or why don't you do facials using my products? My God, that's what it should be. She should say, I want you to open the first brick and mortar uh, esthetician place under Kim Kardashian. It's like the one place you can go. And then she does the facials with all the products and you can actually walk in and buy the products there. You're welcome. Okay. This is sad. This was scary yesterday. Travis Barker was sent to the hospital. We didn't know what it was. His daughter said, pray for my dad. Uh, Courtney was there. The daughter was there. And um, and anyway, what happened was, it's scary. Apparently, he got a colonoscopy and he developed pancreatitis. Am I saying it right? Pancreatitis. Yeah, pancreatitis. Anyway. And I was talking to Peter about it, and this is really disturbing. Um, a lot of people get colonoscopies around 50. Some people earlier, if you have like a family history of um, colon cancer or anything like that. Um, but I guess an inf- infection started, which could be that like these um, these tubes that they use to go up your colon and check it could have possibly not been completely sanitized or new or I don't know, but it must, it caused an infection. Um, I assume he's going to be okay, but that was kind of scary and weird. And you might want to just double check if you're getting a colonoscopy, be like, "Mm, was that clean? Can I see it? You know, when you get your nails done and the girl like takes it out of the package, you might want to ask about that. Um, Okay. So it was North's birthday and it was called Camp North and I saw this on Kim's page and my God. So Kim Air, she has her own plane. All the girls, there was like eight of them, got to go on the private jet to some place for a fun day of camp. So they go on the jet. It's all decorated. They go zip lining with their little friends. And then they have a little their own little tent set up with like a deer head. I did think this was weird. It was, um, it was a deer head on each little tent. And then the white part of the tent was uh, appeared to be the blood of the deer that had spread on it before they cut the head. I just, that was the first thing I noticed because she posted all these on her, her Instagram. And I'm like, do we have to be reminded? Like, it's okay that you had the deer head because it's cute. It's like, oh, Rudolph, I don't, I don't think they have to know that like these deer had to be killed in order to have a head like above a fireplace. But to actually like have like the splattered blood, I just thought, um, yeah, I think I would have skipped that part. But, you know, you, she probably just hired these people. Hey, do all this stuff. And they're like, girl, you are going to love it. We made it such authentic camping experience. Like there is bloodshed from a deer. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> so Wendy Williams, as you know, the Wendy Williams show has ended. And um, so she did an interview with TMZ. And people are posting little clips of it because they, they are concerned. So... Um, she explains her condition, which I'm not going to even attempt to say the word of the condition. But this is when – if you watched any of her documentary, she did a documentary and then she did a scripted show. But she has this disease that really makes her feet um, in a lot of pain. She can only feel 5% of them and they're really quite swollen. That's why she has to put these like compression things on them during the day. 
This is why when she would do the show, when I was on the show, she would always just wear like tennis shoes. It was, I think it's gotten progressively worse, which is sad. And she like shows her foot, like in the interview, she picks up her foot and it's pretty alarming. So that part was sad. But then she said, well, I'm going to have a podcast. And she said, I know everyone has a podcast, but I'm famous. And famous people can make more money at a podcast than I could on the Wendy Williams show. And I know a lot of people, um, I'm already working with something, somebody we don't have a, they said we don't have a debut date or anything, but, you know, I'm going to have Snoop Dogg on and all these people, and which she does because she's been in business a long time. And then she says, but I don't know where we'll go. We'll go to Europe. We'll Fran- We'll do the France that was really that was the part that was really weird because in talking about the podcast she was like saying i think they may have asked like where would it go like would it be spotify exclusive or apple exclusive or are you going to do it independently and then she's like where will we go and then in her mind she was like europe the france anywhere so that made people go wait a minute or does she not understand that the best part about podcasting is that you can just do it from anywhere and it can go anywhere? It Anyway, um, I'm sure she will have something. But I just I, – I, I think the reason her show didn't go on is that it just became – she's too unreliable. And you don't know when she's really going to be set to like, hey, every day at 12 we're going to tape this the way she did for so many years on her show. And – it's it is really heartbreaking. So whatever she does, I hope it works out, and I hope she gets healthy. Um, Megan and Harry, they uh, have hired Oscar nominated. Page Six wrote it this way. I don't know why Oscar nominated left leaning director Liz Garbus to helm their Netflix docu series. So they are going forward with this docu series. I know they had this Netflix deal. I know they had a podcast deal, though there was like one podcast episode I heard where they were talking and like Archie was in the background. And then it was uh, then I heard, oh, no, she's going to interview people about women's stereotypes. I mean, all these people. Good luck. okay? good luck with this. And the people that gave them 10 million dollars. Good luck with getting great content out of these people. okay? anyway, I just thought it was interesting that now. They said they wanted their privacy. They couldn't stand the staff around and people talking about them. But now they're going to have a bunch of sweaty guys in cargo shorts carrying cameras, following them around while they're like changing their baby's diaper. Like, what is it? Or are we just going to see them doing fabulous things, going to visit, um, you know, scenes where people were hurt or going to the VA hospital? I don't know what they're going to be doing, but I'm sure it'll be very curated. Um I really think their popularity has waned. I really think people are just do not care. And it'll be curious to see, like, will people really go, ooh, I want to watch this. Like, they're not funny. They're not the Kardashians that at least are just, like, so intriguing to look at and shake their salads. Like, you, you, you just can't look away. So, I mean, I think they're pretty boring. And, God. I mean, I don't know. What what were they thinking? But now she, Meghan Markle, is slamming her half-sister, Samantha. Samantha has filed a defamation lawsuit because of what, um, what uh, 
Meghan Markle said in interviews about her, saying that, you know, they weren't raised together, saying that she didn't use the name Samantha Markle until I became Meghan Markle and a star. And and that is all part of Samantha's defamation lawsuit against Meghan Markle. And Meghan is saying she has moved to dismiss Samantha Markle's meritless defamation case and ask for recovery of attorney's fees. That was just yesterday. Um, So, of course, she doesn't want this out. Maybe she could just offer her, you know, I'm going to say it, some candlesticks. (laughs) I don't know if Megan took any when they had to leave in the middle of the night to just go and couch surf in Santa Barbara and knock and beg in the middle of the night at Tyler Perry's house. It's like, we could just lay on your couch. We had to escape the monarchy. Um, They won't allow us to have, you know, security for the rest of our lives. Anyway... It'll, I, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one to see what happens. But chances are it might get dismissed. But if she can prove that, no, I've always used the name Samantha Merkel. I mean, I read the book. I told you I read Samantha Merkel's book. I mean, there was a lot of things that really annoyed me about Samantha Merkel. So I don't really know that she should even this should go. But um, we'll see. Oh, speaking of. Johnny Depp, there was some news yesterday, uh, last couple weeks since the trial ended, that Disney came back and offered him $300 million to join the, back and join the pirate franchise. That has been proven not to be true. Um, So that's interesting. But I did remember something amazing from the Amber Heard interview with the, on today's show. So, So Savannah said, how do you feel that no one believed you? And she's like, well, that was orchestrated by an attorney who was hired by a man who convinced the world that he had scissors for fingers. I was like, oh, my God, this is so hilarious. She goes on to say, am I a good actress or am I a bad actress? Like, you can't have it both ways. Either I was the best actress in the world or, you know, But you said I was, you know, not a good actress, but that I was such a good actress that I was manipulative. Anyway, nobody seems to care about her anymore. Go shop at TJ Maxx. Okay, another lawsuit. Okay, we talked about this lawsuit over the time. NeNe Leakes is working towards a settlement in federal discrimination suit against Andy Cohen, Bravo, and NBC Universal, claiming that the Real Housewives of Atlanta was racist and a hostile workplace. So right now, uh, a judge gave both sides 45 days after they asked for more time to negotiate. So this tells me um, that definitely Bravo and the uh, production company and stuff wants to settle. They want to just throw some money at this and let it go away. Both sides are working to avoid a potential arbitration process. But Leaks 54 disagrees with the prospects of using an arbiter in the case. So she seems to kind of want a jury trial. I mean, look, look what it did for Johnny Depp. I mean, it really, he got, I, I think, she, I, I think even if she loses, I think she wants to stay in court to show up. I think she wants a jury trial. So they're going to have to offer her a couple mil at least, I think, for her not to go forward with it. Both parties agreed the time frame was appropriate to complete these discussions. Leaks also named True Entertainment and Truly Original in the lawsuit. She said that she heard multiple racist remarks from co-star Kim Zolziak 
44, including the N-word. Her attorney said the defendants violated federal employment and anti-discrimination laws with their conduct. Leaks was on Atlanta, right? She was on Real Housewives of Atlanta for 10 seasons and is a part-time cast member in the show's seventh season. So Leaks said that speaking out about racist behavior and support of BLM factored into her being forced off the series in 2020. So there, those were the main details of it. Um, Leaks also said in May she told TMZ that she felt that she had been professionally sabotaged after complaining to higher-ups about the racist behavior she experienced. She said, I've been blacklisted when you haven't worked in three years, when all of a sudden you're working and sought after and suddenly you're not working, it's being blacklisted. I was constantly being retaliated against, being blacklisted, not not able to work, being silenced. And so, you know, it was difficult to do so. Now, I said this before, for the last three years, well, two and a half of those years has been COVID, okay? So a lot of people weren't working. The show she was on, The Ryan Murphy Show, is not on anymore, Glee. And then she did this other one, The New Normal, where she had a regular part. Those are both gone. And yeah, is Ryan Murphy Murphy maybe afraid to hire her again if he even had the opportunity Knowing that, like, God forbid, something happens or something can be misconstrued or heard or whatever, or he does want to write her off a show and then she claims it's discrimination or so by by pursuing this lawsuit. Yeah, it might have then slowed down other people wanting to hire you. It makes them a little bit scared. That's why a lot of people, when they're in the right to sue, um, I've talked about, you know, uh, Shenoweth, Kristen Shenoweth, when she didn't sue, when the light, some heavy light fell on her head, she didn't sue the show that she was on because I believe she didn't want to have a reputation of suing or make people think that she's physically unable to work or that she might be difficult to work with or that she won't work with the company that's like, let's get you well, you know, let's be a, a trooper. So I see, I see Nini's side of it, but um, I mean, I, we had Carlos King on and he said he never heard Kim say that. I find that very hard to believe. However, when you watch episodes of any housewife, especially further than like six years ago, there are lots of problematic stuff by today's standards in those shows in which people of either ethnicity are saying things to each other that would be deemed problematic today that everybody put in the show, they filmed it. It went through the production company. It went through the final edit at Bravo and it got put on the air. Um, I wonder if now there's any episodes, cause they always do these, you know, and you can watch things on Peacock. Let me know my juicy scoop and my juicy scoop historians. Let me know if when watching old episodes back, have they removed some things that you kind of remembered being like, ooh, like, are those scenes being taken out? Are there whole episodes being removed or taken off the air? If they haven't done it, I would say that might be a job at least for a couple summer interns to go through. That would be a great job for a summer intern at Bravo. Watch every single one. Keep a log of it. See if we can cut it out, um, which is so easy to do, like, you know, now and also digitally take something down, put it back up. It's not like they got to go to Blockbuster and remove the videotapes. So and a 20 and something would know 
what is deemed problematic. Get it taken off now so that people can't go back. Because, I mean, I do kind of feel badly for some of these women, especially like the ones that have been on for like 10 and 12 years, because I'll watch these TikToks and they'll be like, oh, my God, look at Yolanda from Beverly Hills talking about how she's like, I don't want Gigi to, you know, be playing volleyball. Those girls have big shoulders and she's supposed to be a model. And I mean, I don't want her looking like a lesbian. Literally said that on the show. Um, Definitely was always like telling her she had to lose weight. And like, don't you want to do our fun lemon cleanse? You know, our three days lemon cleanse and all this. There's so many things in there. There was a a time when Brandy brought up another joke about this girl and not being able to swim. I mean, it was, there's been a lot. So anyway, you're welcome. If you haven't thought of hiring some interns, and you know what, pay the interns. I don't think you can get away with not giving them money anyway. That's my idea. Okay, Real Housewives. Ultimate girls trip, ex-wives clubs at Dorinda's house in the Berkshires. Let me tell you something. Get ready. Whew. Three episodes, okay? You're listening to this Thursday. There's another one today. This is on Peacock. It's so good, okay? We have Brandy from Beverly Hills along with Taylor Armstrong. Then we have Vicky and Tamara from OC. We have Dorinda and, of course, Jill Zarin from New York. And we have Phaedra and Eva from Atlanta. Phaedra is the star of the show. She is freaking hilarious. She is saying such funny stuff. Jill, when after she came back from this, she has the worst memory ever. So we were together. I think in Miami I was doing a show. I'm like, tell me everything. She's like, no, I don't think it's that good. I don't know that people will like it. I don't think it'll be. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just think maybe when you're living in it, also she doesn't have a great memory. I th- I'm like, it is so good, Jill. It's so funny. It, I think it's more entertaining than the Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos was prettier to look at, but really nothing funny or juicy happened in it. This is a combination. Brandy does not disappoint because Brandy, let me tell you my story. Okay. Because what was interesting is I started to watch it and they're like, who are you afraid to see? And they're saying, oh, I'm friends with this person. I'm not friends with this person. Well, Tamara and Brandy both say, Tamara says, I'm a little nervous about Brandy. I don't know her, but we did have a back and forth Twitter, uh, social media fight where I said she's unstable or something. Then she came after me and they got ugly about motherhood. And, you know, so, you know, I think Brandy was saying, how dare you say I'm unstable? I'm a mom. You can't say that. You're the one who's unstable. Your daughter doesn't talk to you. Tamara's like, how dare you say that? So they went back and forth and people wrote about it. So they were a little bit nervous about seeing each other. But I'm like, you do know each other. You do know each other. I'll tell you how you know each other. Well, before I tell you that story, it was confirmed because uh, Tamara went on like E! News or something and did an interview and said, yeah, one, and confirmed the story I'm going to tell you. Okay. So I was like a little felt a little valid because I was like, are we just going to, pre- is this a pretend that you're not supposed to know each other? Okay. So many years ago, uh, it was like at least 2000. I mean, I could look it up, but it was like, 12, 11, 12 years ago. Tamara's on OC along with Shannon Bedore. Brandy is on Beverly Hills. Jeff Lewis is on Flipping Out on Bravo. I'm I'm friends with Jeff and Jeff has made friends with Tamara and Shannon. 
So we're like, let's all go to a dinner. We make a plan to go to Craig's when Jeff is with Gage and Peter and I to join them and their spouses um, because at this time we were all really friendly to go to Craig's and it's going to be like the Saturday after New Year's, but before I go back to working on Chelsea lately. So I'm really excited about this night. The girls are coming from the OC. Well, a couple days before that, my son Brandon wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, my leg hurts. I can't walk. And I'm like, what? I looked it up. I'm like, is there such a thing as growing pains? Anyway, take him to the hospital. Have to go back and forth a few times. He had fluid on his on his hip. I, but I was like, what is going on? I spent two nights in the hospital with him. He's totally fine. Obviously, you see him today. He's fine. But it was a very scary experience. That day at like 3 o'clock, I go home. And Peter's like, well, I'm not going to that dinner. I'll stay home with Brandon. You just go ahead. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead because I spent two days in a hospital. And I'm ready to have one fun night. That was not a good idea. I was very tired. And then I got an Uber and I was ready to freaking rip it. So I go to Craig's. start with my cucumber martinis. I know Brandy. I met her. We shared a book agent. We both have boys the same age. I like her. I was happy to see her. Brandy got invited because because Tamara and Brandy started to talk as two women who were divorced whose spouses didn't want their kids to be featured on The Real Housewives anymore. So they were kind of talking about that and how to whatever, commiserate about that. So she invited her as a single person and then everybody else was there and I went as a single person. So I tell them my story of what I've been through for the last two days at this hospital and the whole story and everything. And then we talk about other things. And then later on, I'm sitting across from Brandy at this table at Craig's. And I say, oh, my God, I have, I have a funny story to tell you. So my friend is single and we were waiting for this uh, orthopedic pediatric surgeon to come because the, all the nurses are like, he's so great. you got to meet him. And he walks in and I'm going to tell like the rest of the funny story about it. And Brandy stops me and she goes, oh, my God, unbelievable. You made your son's illness about yourself great mother or something like that. And it was like, I completely snapped like a fucking real housewife. I just want to say it was that moment where I'm like, oh my God, I understand how these people freak out. And in the ultimate girl trip, Taylor goes, at one point she goes, don't you talk to me like that. Just like the cat meme. She like screams at Brandy. And I did the exact same thing. I go, Oh my God, what is wrong with you? Are there cameras around Craig's? I don't know about. Do you have really reality show Tourette's? Like, what the? F I get up, I go to the bathroom, I'm like crying. Tamara comes running, knocks on the door, she lets me in. She's like, Are you so mad that I invited her? I go, No, I'm not mad you invited her. I shouldn't be out tonight. I'm sleep deprived. I've been through like the most traumatic mother thing that's ever happened to me. I have so much sympathy for anybody who's truly had a sick child. But it was a very scary experience. And I'm like, I shouldn't have gone out tonight. I shouldn't have taken an Uber because I drink more when I have an Uber. I'm like, I just got to go home. It's fine. I feel like an asshole. So we walk out. Brandy's, just like you see on the show, very much apologetic, everything. I'm like, Brandy, it's fine. I'm like, I just didn't even be out. Let me just pay. And I'm like, let me just go home. You guys just go on with the rest of your night. Like, I'm just not in the state. And I had tried to go through all my money. And, and I had a lot of cash. <laughs> and Jeff's like, I think we need to address why Heather has so much cash. And then that made me laugh. And then we went on. We went on to the next spot. We went to the pump. We drank and partied a little more, got home. She wrote me the next day and said, I'm so sorry about last night. If I hurt your feelings, that was not my intention. With like a smiley face, Brandy did that. 
I'm like, it's totally fine. I know you didn't mean to hurt my feelings. You can't help it. That's what you have to realize. This girl has been acting like this and doing stuff like this for 15 years. But when you're in it and she says it, it really hurts your feelings, especially when it's talking about like being a mother or not. The show is so good. So she gets in it, into it with people. And at one point, it's funny that she said to me, you made it about yourself, which is what I've told you guys. I hate it when housewives say that. I hate it when housewives also call each other thirsty. You're all thirsty. You're on a reality show called The Real Housewives. You're all thirsty. Who's thirstier? Where's the drought worse than the other? Come on. Any And, and listen to, to me, too. I'm thirsty, too. Any mom that has more than 400 Instagram followers is thirsty, too, okay? You're thirsty. We're all thirsty, okay? Drink your water. I hate when you're all pushing your products. You all want to be on the show. You're all happy to be doing this. You all know how this television thing works. There's a little bit of breaking the fourth wall, which I like. But she, but Brandy says, so Taylor, Taylor and Brandy start talking about why they had an issue. And... They didn't get along, and Taylor's like, you know, it was um, right. It was the season right after my husband, ex-husband, or she was going through divorce at the time, killed himself, and it was just. And then Brandy goes, "I know that was the worst year of my life." Tamara's like, "Brandy, wait, the worst year of your life was the year that her husband killed himself," and she's like, "Yeah, that was a lot for me to go through." Like. I mean, I was dealing with you and, you know, knowing Russell. And I'm like, oh, my God. Everyone, okay, the boozers on this trip are, of course, Dorinda. I like a great martini. And Brandy, she likes her cocktails and white wine. Um, Tamara's not getting too drunk. Vicky is looks terrible. And Jill says that. She goes, you know what? You don't look good. I'm not being that to be mean, but really, Vicky, your face is, it's, it's like three shades lighter than your neck. I don't know what's going on, but you don't look good. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. <sighs> Steve, <laughs> Steve Lodge, <laughs> brother of Roger Lodge from Blind Date, um, all of a sudden broke up with me just yesterday. And, you know, he's always living in my condo. So he was going to the condo. She then reveals they hadn't had sex for 13 months. Not a great sign. But it's over, it's broken engagement. And she's like, I just, I just, uh, I don't feel good. So she, of course, they're sharing a bedroom, her and Tara, which is kind of fun to see. And she's like, I, I don't feel good. The medic comes in. And Tara was like, if I have to go every trip, and it's true, they went and they go through the flashbacks, which is great. Of when she got sick in Iceland, Vicky, when she got really hurt when in Glamis when the ATV flipped over. Uh, there was another time where she slipped like in Charleston or something, walking back from a pool. I mean, she's just always. So they find out she has a sinus infection. She had COVID, but she doesn't have COVID anymore. But she says, I didn't get vaccinated. And Dorinda is like, What? They get vaccinated. They get in a vaccination fight. And um, Vicky's just like, I know someone who died after they got the second shot. And Dorinda's like, I don't believe you. You're a fucking liar. I don't believe you. And I'm like, and she goes, show me where it is. She's like, I saw it on the internet. And I was like, well, was it your friend? Or did you see something on the internet? I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting and juicy. The next day, everyone's going good. It is so good, you guys. 
You're going to really like it. I wish I could have seen tonight's episode early so that I could just talk about it because I know that it's a real good one. I know that uh, Jill and Dorinda get into it, and it's about saying who's the thirstiest. And last night or two nights ago, uh, uh, Brandy and Jill were on Watch What Happens Live, and they were saying they were asking which housewife what, and it was like who's the thirstiest. And Brandy's like, Jill. Jill's like, what me? Who wants to get on the show? Who wants back on the show more than anybody else? Jill. She's like, Jill's like. I don't want to. I mean, it is. And then, of course, Eva's like just reasonable, fun, gorgeous to look at. And she and Taylor bond over both being victims of um, domestic abuse, which is kind of a beautiful, like strong moment. She's just getting high. Of course, Jill doesn't drink at all. So it's a, and then and Phaedra's just chill and like making the comments that are just to die. Like my sister and I were laughing so hard. Really like a surprise hit, and they just have to do more of these. You know, I think really have to do more of them. Okay. Oh, and then I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but Vicky went and called, according to um, Teddy, went and called Teddy's boss at their podcast company, saying that it should be her that does the podcast with Tamara, which I just thought was so Vicky. I know that she's called Jeff Lewis's boss before at Sirius. I think it's amazing. I don't want to piss her off, except I don't have a boss. So if you want to <laughs> complain about me, just call me. But um, I think Vicky is so entertaining. I I, th- I love that she's just like, I don't like that. And then she says to, to Brandy, she goes, you can't talk to me like that. You can't say what you said. Shut, shut the fuck up. That's what I said. I can't say that. No, you've really, you've got to promise me that you won't say that to me anymore, Brandy. And then we can get along. She'll, well, I can't promise that. I can't. Just rolls off the tongue. I can't, I can't promise that I'll never say it again. I just, I, <laughs> it's just like so good. Um, Real Houses of Beverly Hills. It's so good. I saw some clips because of course I, you know, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so I couldn't see tonight, but Diane Jenkins. Oh, first of all, let me just do a little update. Erica Jane, the earrings are in, are with the trustee. The judge denied the motion that Erica's people were holding, saying, no, these are my earrings. They weren't purchased with client funds. The judge said, no, I believe they were. Give the earrings away. The earrings are gone. Okay. She no longer has the earrings. But Diane Jenkins is just not having a great week. They're pulling up a lawsuit where she was acting like a Karen, another thing with like cunning hedges. I don't know. There's all these other weird things about her. Um, I talked about before when she went after this girl and said, oh, it must be it must be great. You must be proud of yourself for being a black content creator. And the woman was black. That wasn't good. Then we see a clip of how she sends a group text to everybody um, claiming, you know, that this trip wasn't fun for her, that she's been bleeding for eight weeks from her miscarriage and all this stuff and a lot. So everyone's like, and she misspells Garcelle's name. And then she goes to Garcelle's party and she's like, well, I know that Sutton is old and frail. I'm like, you're 48 or nine and Sutton's 51. Like, as in the words of Brandy, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you saying? Like, so... She's like, you want the new villain? I'm here. And then, of course, Lisa Renna's like, I love her. 
So, oh, and then Lisa Rinna, Lisa Rinna said that she reached out to Denise Richards and, you know, and they made good. And then, and then Garcelle texted her while she's filming her, her interview with the housewives and is like, Hey, Denise, um, put down the camera from OnlyFans. No, I don't know if she'd started yet, but put, she's like, Denise, um, did you, did you ever get a text from Lisa? And she's like, when? Since then, I guess Lisa shared the receipts that she did text her, whatever. The girl's busy. Denise Richards busy. But, but Brandy, you know, who had, you know, who had a weekend alone with her where they got together sexually. And that was a whole storyline. Denise and Brandy. She said, you know what? I don't blame her for doing OnlyFans, except that she acted like she was like holier than thou and Miss Mother. And like, of course, go do it. I don't care. Um, Okay, so anyway, that's it's pretty it's it's great, you know. Oh, and Erica got so drunk on the boat, I freaking loved it. They're in Punta Mita, and she's like, "I used to have a boat. I it was called illegal." She's just she's like, "I am lit." And um, so between the Lexapro and the drinking and losing the diamond earrings, she's just rolling around, jealous of Diane Jenkins, who has the the jet. And then they get on the jet, and Diane Jenkins is like. Sutton's like, can I sit here? And she's like, no, uh, Kylo's sitting here. And there you go. So it is juicy. It's fun. Um, oh, yeah, this was the one reality blurb. It said Diane Jenkins was labeled a Karen accused of threatening to call cops on a black security guard in a lawsuit. So she's got a lot of shit. She's got to be like, why the hell? Why the hell did I do this show? So I think she I think she might be a one hit wonder. I'm not predicting it, but if I was her friend, I'd say just get out, girl. Just get out. You had so much money, you had such a good life before. Um oh, Real Houses of Dubai, Caroline Stanbury says that um they the all their valuables were stolen. They like went out to dinner and then went back to their place that they were staying in Greece. And their bags were all pulled out and along with a bunch of bags and jewelry, his wedding ring was stolen. Her husband is 20 years younger than she is. So she's sad about that. And um, but she's like, that's why we love Dubai, because it's so much safer in Dubai. Like they've never been robbed or anything, but they were robbed in Greece. That show, um, it's taken a minute, but I don't know. I'm still watching it. Okay, Southern Charm is back. And this is kind of getting juicy because it's been on a long time. Shep is 42 now. And um, I like this. I like this show because there is relationships that are pretty great. So like Austin was dating this girl, Madison. Remember that with the Madison. Madison. So Madison returns to the show, which is good. But um Craig, who has really taken this pillow thing to a whole nother level, he has like a cute like store that you can buy like Charleston stuff along with his pillows. He's dating this other girl, Paige, that he met on Winter House that was on Summer House. They were a couple. But then in the show, he reveals that on a night in Vegas, he slept with his old girlfriend, Naomi, who is also back on the show. Naomi left the show to be with this doctor that like she thought was wonderful, got to New York, found out that he was cheating on her and then came back. She has a new nose, some fuller lips, pretty cute body, very thin. Saw her playing tennis. Anyway, that it, if you're into it, that that's pretty juicy. I'm pretty excited. Catherine is just a mess. She's the 
mom of two with the horrible Ravenal who's no longer on the show because he was accused of like sexual assault a bunch of times. She is a horrible mess. She has a, a great Catsby party, great Gadsby party, kind of like Chris Jenner had for her 60th birthday, but this was for her 30th. And I think it's a great theme. I just want to talk about themes. I think it's a great theme because you can, um, you can, everyone could dress up. It's easy for the guys to dress up and everyone looks glamorous. If you're invited to a great Gatsby 20s party, I'm going to give you some tips because I have a real regret about my look for Chris Jenner's party. One of the last parties I was ever invited to of Chris Jenner's. I don't know why I did this, <sighs> but I did like that little black, like, 1920s wig and then I put a thing around my head and I just look like an ugly fat face it just was not good and I'm like this is don't do a wig you guys do not do a wig if you go to a 20s party I mean unless you wear wigs all the time I think a prettier look is like do like an extreme side part have someone like do like this the curls like the that kind of curls and then just put like one feather here and then do like a long beaded high slit ga- gown with like the high gloves, lots of jewelry and the cigarette and you will look great and you won't look like not like yourself. You're welcome. Catherine, she, I don't know if it was a wig or what, but she did some weird hairdo and she did the thing around her head. And then she had done the mistake of taking too much retinol cream on her face. So during the night, it looked like her lipstick had been smeared, but it was just like her face like breaking out. And then she got really drunk and she was like a bitch to her boyfriend and left. And was like, <laughs> okay, that's it with that. Britney Spears is wrote, went to the old house. I guess she sold her house, okay? Went to the old house yesterday to finish packing and look what I found. These adorable white jeans. Haven't worn white jeans in so long. She has the brown pumps, you guys. So I guess she left. She took the brown pumps. She's in Vegas now. The brown pumps are with her. The brown pumps are still round. The brown sensible pumps are never going away. So other than that, she's having a good life. Now her stalker, oh, I guess we don't have that. Her stalker, he is considered a stalker. It's the first husband, uh, Jason Alexander, who broke into her house Broke into, like, climbed into her bedroom. You know, she got married at this house. He has been in custody this whole time. He was arrested. He should be. And he is going to face stalking charges. Very scary. Very disturbing. Sad um, that he's gone to these lengths and that he really thought that she wanted to see him. Uh, Scary for her. Also scary for... um, Ariana Grande's stalker broke into her home on her birthday, and so and he's re- violate um, by he's violated restraining orders. That's very scary. Oh, this was very um, weird. I don't think it's flattering. It's just weird. So Annie got in a DM. Annie says I get DMs all the time of men saying, "Hey, baby, I really like your profile. You're really beautiful. Hope this doesn't offend you." But would you like to be my sugar baby? I'm offering $300 a week. And let's start talking. So yesterday, she got a very pretty blonde woman who, according to the photo, looks like she's about, what, like 37? And she has 461 followers. She's thirsty. And it says, 
Hello, I like your profile, and I would love for you to be my sugar baby, if you don't mind, which comes with an allowance of $300 twice a week. Why don't you just say $600 a week? And I said, you got to write her back. So we wrote her back. Are you expecting sexual stuff, or are we just hanging out, getting Manny and Petties and shopping? Because I'm like, is this like an aunt-niece situation, or a lesbian situation, or what? Because it's a woman. She responded. She responded. Yes, I do. This is so exciting. Hold on. I'm not here for sex. I just want attention and I need someone to pick a pick a long conversation with, I guess have a long person, plus cheerful acts with meaningful talks and distance isn't a problem for me. We're going to continue. Obviously, maybe not obvious to you guys. I think this leads to eventually being like, okay, well, let me send you the money trying to get your bank information, hacking your shit, something like that. They're never going to meet this person. Obviously, probably took someone else's profile. That's why I covered her face and her and the name of her, just in case. Um, but I've heard other people say this, that when they, you know, played along with it a little bit, they're like, why are you contacting me? You know, and, and pretty soon they start asking for money. I want to see you. Where can I... But the sugar daddy thing where they're offering you money, because sometimes we see where a guy is like, hey, I really like you, you know, and then they try to say, I want to visit you. Oh, my God, my wallet got stolen. Can you, you know, Venmo me, whatever, $600 so I can get on the plane and then they never come. This is like the sugar baby. I'm offering you money. So I want to hear from anybody that actually has corresponded with someone because I know a lot of people are getting DMs like this. This is the first time I heard of a girl doing it which this is very, very strange. So beware. Also very strange, speaking of a weird sister-wife situation, this TMZ article I found a a couple weeks ago. John Lennon, you know, he was with Yoko Ono. This girl, May Pang, said that she was his girlfriend with Yoko's, like, blessing, where Yoko was like, you really need, my husband likes you. You really need to hang out with him. And she was only, like, 19 and he was 35. And I just thought that is, it's so crazy, the stuff that, like, the Juicy Scoop history that's coming to me, like, lately, like this other story about um, uh, Steven Tyler that I guess has been out. It's been mentioned in his books. People might know it, but Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, he met this girl and he wanted her to go on tour with him. And he was, she was only 14. I think she was only 14. She might have been 16, but she's definitely not older than 16. So we got, her parents to sign over parental rights to him so that he was her legal guardian so he could take her on tour and hop from state to state to state. Then he got her impregnated. Then he cheated on her and dumped her. And like, then she came forward with story and he also mentioned it in his book, but I'm like, my God. And now with the Elvis movie, like what is the story behind Priscilla Presley? Now I've heard different things. I know that I think he met her when he was 14, but I don't think they actually dated till she was 18 because he went into the army. But I have not seen the movie, but I heard they definitely don't touch on anything being inappropriate about their age difference. And I guess Priscilla has always said, no, nothing happened until I was 18. But I almost feel like at this point, has she issued protecting the legacy and that of her daughter and everything and just an end of her parents, like, you know, I, I pushed for it. Like if your parents did say, oh, you can get married at 16 or, oh, you can be with this guy even though you're underage. 
and now you're like 70 and you're like, well, it was a different time and I don't think my parents meant anything bad by it. Anyway, I heard the Elvis movie is very good regardless. Um, so I'll probably go see that. Ugh. Um, 14 years ago, I said yes. Road tripping to visit my bestie, Anna Duggar, posted that she's going to go visit her husband, pedophile, who's doing time. Anyway, I think we're good, you guys. I loved doing this for you. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. <laughs> Great Patreon tomorrow is coming up. Of course, you go to heathermcdonald.net, click on Patreon. Sometimes you guys go, how do I listen to – they're all there. If you ever have a question with Patreon, you can message me on the Patreon app and we will help you navigate if you – for some reason. But you get every commercial-free episode that I have ever put out. I think I've done, been doing it for almost four years on whatever tier you decide to join. And I really appreciate it. And I will be releasing my fall dates to the Patreon people first so that they can get the best seats and get the meet and greets. So that's also something, a reason to join. I love you. Have a wonderful 4th of July. Stay safe. Have fun. 